Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to this new edition of Mind Podcast. I know we've been away for more than a week, but it's, you know, it's been crazy with so many pieces we're doing and many events we're doing locally and stuff. You know, um, we are trying to keep up with all the latest news and news of the country. But we are back with a very special podcast. And I'm very happy to um, have a special guest joining us from India, a uh, journalist with the Times of India um, ha- and author of a brand new book, Savarkar, The True Story of the Father of Hindutva, is Vaibhav Pudandre. Vaibhav, thank you so much for joining us on Mind Podcast today. Thank you for inviting me, Adit. Yeah, it's, it's a pleasure. My- it's, you know... I, um, I, I, so before I even, you know, we start talking about the book or something, you, I mean, of course you have been yeah. um, a senior editor with the Times of India, so you had to wear both your journalist hat and an author hat, I'm sure to write this book. Yeah. Is it safe yeah. to say whatever your persuasions might, I mean, I'm, and by your, I don't mean you, anyone's persuasions might be regarding Vinayak Damodar Savarkar or V Savarkar. Can we say he's one of the most misunderstood yeah. men in the history of Indian politics? Yes, certainly you could. Because uh, and, I think you can say that. Yeah, and because I, I and, and I, oh, but sorry, sorry, please continue. Yeah. No, 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 no. I just wanted to add and then I'll come to you. No, I'm saying we don't, uh, I, I'm not even going into the merits of whether one agrees with him, disagrees with him, what he thinks about it. Yeah. Just interpretation wise, yeah, yeah, there yeah. is just so few things that yeah. are written about him. Yeah, uh, I think uh, you are absolutely right, Adit. The misunderstanding is largely due to the fact mm. that Savarkar has been completely written out of India's history. Mm. So people don't know about him at all. Mm. And what we know about him mm. are these sharply polarized opinions, mm. you know. So you have people calling him a traitor, you have people calling him a British collaborator, mm. or you have a people, uh, you have, you know, people who say that, you know, he never did anything wrong in his life, uh, but he was human after all. Mm. Uh, so there are these very extreme uh, opinions that he evokes. Mm. And that is because uh, we have not uh, uh, been adequately told about the Savarkar story. Mm. In fact, uh, the last major biography of Savarkar's mm. uh, that came out in English was in the year 1966, the <laughs> year in which he died. So After that, for uh, more than 60 years, we've not had a proper biography. It's, it's, it's fascinating because I, I was actually mentioned that in your author's note. And I, I spent actually yeah. a good time. You know, most people will skip through the the straight to the beginning of the book or the meat of the book, so to speak. I actually spent a yeah. good, good time reading that because I wanted to know, uh-huh. you know, I didn't want to start this uh, discussion by just asking, oh, what motivated you to write and stuff. That is there in your note. What I was fascinating was what is the benchmark for the research you had to go through to get to this book? You see, you're, you're, when you talk about, I will talk a little bit about your previous two books. You've written one on Sachin Tendulkar and the other on Bal, Bala Saheb Thakre, right? And um, yeah, yeah. And so, um, on, on a lighter note, this completes your Marathi trilogy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. In a way, yeah, in a way, yes, in yes. Way. So <laughs> now the only person you need to write next about is Vinod Kambli. So. <laughs> Which my brother has done, by the way. Achha, he has. Oh. 
I had no idea. Yeah, and so. biography of their coach uh, Ramakant Atsikar. So that trilogy also we have uh, completed. Good you know, so Sachin, you know that, and Atsikar. You know, maybe I need to have no, no. Maybe I need to have a family interview with the Purandare family. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So no, but but okay. So let's let coming back to this. What what was fascinating was, and I'll start with your book, yeah. right? Um, yeah, yeah. I was I was intrigued by the moment you chose to start the book. I don't know. I I read through book reviews and I saw some interviews and something. I don't I don't know if this has been asked to you. That it was curious uh-huh, that you uh-huh. did not start from uh, uh, Andaman and Nikobar where Savarkar spent some of his toughest years. You did not start with the controversial yeah. part of Savarkar in the late forties. Nor did you start with right. his birth. You actually chose to start yeah. with his stint with India House and another imp- very important character, Madhulal Dingra. The first chapter essentially is more about Madhulal Dingra than it is about Savarkar. Uh, but there is Savarkar who is actually. I know, I know. I, I didn't want to give away to the people who haven't revealed, read the book. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Great. 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 Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like yeah. So, like a true uh, film reviewer, I was building up suspense. So. <laughs> oh. Okay. Great. 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 <laughs> uh, okay. 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 No. So I'm saying, okay, what motivated yeah, yeah. you to start from that perspective? Like, what about that story drew to you that you are like, Ki, no, you know, I don't. I'm not going to start from any other part, but I'm going to start Savarkar, the youth leader in London. Okay. Uh, I started with that part because. Hmm. we know absolutely nothing about his five years in london hmm. they were remarkable years hmm. that he spent from hmm. 1906 to 1910 hmm. when he was eventually uh, arrested by the british hmm. for his anti british and anti raj acts hmm. uh, but uh, we know about the mercy petitions we know about his stint in the andamans hmm. we know about his politics in the 1940s as you said mm. but what do we know of savarkar in london he was uh, the chief leader mm. of a group of patriotic and revolutionary indians in london mm. and he inspired an indian uh, an entire generation of indians in london mm. uh, and he did remarkable work there as uh, a patriot and uh, as a leader of the nationalist movement mm. and he was a very young man at that time he, he was in his mid 20s when you know when he left for uh, uh, in fact he was 23 24 when he mm. left for uh, england mm. to study mm. uh, and uh, while ostensibly he was studying at grays inn mm. and uh, you know all these other places mm. uh, uh, he was at the same time uh, you know uh, heading a, a, a clandestine group of indians mm-hmm. uh, at this place called india house which you mentioned right. in highgate in london mm-hmm. uh, where they regularly had meetings discussions on uh, uh, various issues related to india mm-hmm. the british government how india could obtain her freedom mm-hmm. uh, uh, they had discussions on ways to go about achieving freedom mm-hmm. uh, they uh, they uh, had uh, debates on all important indian issues hmm. uh, and uh, they planned uh, uh, secret ways in which they could overthrow british rule hmm. and one of these ways was to target uh, top british uh, officials hmm. diplomats and politicians hmm. and this is where you know he played a very critical role because uh, 
Madanlal Dhingra's act mm. of assassinating one of the premier officials of the British regime mm. was the first act of assassination by Indian revolutionaries mm. on British soil. Mm. And uh, Savarkar felt that it had it had created more of an impact on the British Raj than maybe a 1,000 speeches given by the moderate Indian leader mm. Gopal Krishna Gokhale, who, by the way, he deeply respected. Why he criticized him for his policies because they had differences of opinion mm. and very sharp ones. Mm. But Savarkar respected Gokhale at the same time. What is fascinating also is so it is critical. Sorry, sorry. No, 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 no please I complete. Could, uh, no, no, complete. I, I was going to go to yeah. Madanlal so, Dhingra's so trial. Huh. Yeah, yeah. So it is important to understand uh, for us hmm. that Savarkar is a central figure in India's freedom movement hmm. in the pre-Gandhi years. And he was uh, a leader who inspired an entire generation. Hmm. And people across the country, from Madanlal Dhingra, a Punjabi youth, hmm. uh, two uh, Bengali uh, revolutionaries of the time. You know, Niranjan Pal, the son of uh, Bipin Chandra Paul, was a very close friend of uh, his and a follower of Savarkar, in fact. And uh, there were so many others uh, around him, you know. No, but I'll tell you this, uh, and, and this is yeah. the in most interesting part I find in all the whole debate, is, um, yeah. you know, what how you, men- how you describe Madhalal Dhingra's trial. Because it was yeah. a sham of a trial. I mean, it was. Uh, you should read the facts and figures he gives, and uh, the, the the Indian faces, the Indians in London who were so eager to see Madanlal Dhingra put to the gallows. You know, after yeah, doing yeah, yeah. what he did in Curzon Willie. And what is fascinating about the whole thing is the background of Madanlal Dhingra. Right, his father was in a very comfortable position on in a family relationship with Curzon Willie. And from there, right. you, you there is this transformation in this young youth so much so that he's not afraid yeah. of the gallows. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so yeah. that but it, you, it, it is a fascinating story. No, yeah, but, yeah. but so mm. moving from there to then, you talk about uh, his his inspiration for nationalism and one of the very interesting books I you mentioned here is um, uh, Vishnu Sastri Chipranakar's uh, Nibandamala. Right, because yeah. you say, yeah. and, and I, I, I like the uh, title of the chapter. You say in the land of Ramayana, where you are saying that uh, yeah. you know Savarkar developed um, an idea of literary merit after you know reading Vishnu Sastri Chipmunkar. So, um, correct. What do you think? Did, did did this shape his politics later, or do you think this he shaped his politics pre uh, Andaman era? I think you could say that for the whole of his life Hmm. because, uh, you know, he became a fervent nationalist uh, after reading the likes of Chiprunkar, Tirak, Agarkar uh, and even uh, Gokhale, in fact. Hmm. Because, you know, that was a time of great intellectual ferment Hmm. uh, in India and especially in the western region of Maharashtra Hmm. because, uh, you know, not only did the... Uh, national movement uh, in the true sense begin from there mm. uh, with uh, uh, Mahadev Govind Ranade's group. Mm. Uh, uh, but they were, then there were giants like uh, like Lukman Tirak, who was his hero, mm. who was Savarkar's hero. Mm. And there were social reformers. So there was this uh, intellectual tumult happening around him. Mm. And, you know, he was deeply influenced by all of that. And mm. Chiprunka's role is especially important mm. because he wrote beautifully. Mm. So his uh, writing was attractive to youngsters. Mm. And 
at a time when the british were dismissing indians as mm. savages mm. as people who had absolutely no civilization mm. who had uh, uh, no uh, sense of culture mm. chipronkar uh, was a man telling him telling them that no this is not true these are all lies mm. you know you do have a rich uh, civilization you have a very rich past you know you have a rich history and uh, you know you ha- you must have a sense of self you know they are trying to destroy your uh, self confidence the british uh, the british which uh, uh, which in fact the british succeeded in doing mm. they, they they destroyed the self confidence of indians by mm. by dismissing them you know as people lacking a culture by telling them that their languages were were inferior to mm. uh, the 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 uh you know the, the britishers own language mm-hmm. and, and so on and so forth but people like chipunkar were you know, were uh you know the the harbingers of the indian enlightenment in the sense they said that no this is not true you know mm-hmm. we have our epics we have uh, you know our uh, past we have a culture we have a rich literature mm-hmm. with us uh so what is you know what is uh, it that you know we are lacking nothing so and savarkar was inspired by all of that to tell so that and he told indians that see we can rule uh, our country no other you know other person from outside should come and control our lives we mm-hmm. must reassume control of our own lives mm-hmm. and and that that was uh, you know and what is interesting i found also is that you studied a lot of savarkar's work in marathi because i always yeah. believe that a lot of our stalwarts from that era you know you have the gandhi yeah. and the patels and stuff you have to read yeah. them what yeah. they wrote in regional languages because the english uh, uh, version that you read a some of it gets lost in translation sometimes i even find that our stalwarts were more sort of liberal quote unquote in their english writing and more conservative in their regional language writing you know aditya you have made a very very important point yeah. it is extremely important for us to read these people in the original yeah. for instance i i am often amazed and i this is not a comment on any particular person or any particular approach but you know uh, one has to read gandhi in gujarati yes. in order to understand him uh, completely mm. you know because he reads very different in gujarati similarly yeah. savarkar uh, when you read him in english and in marathi you feel that you are reading uh, two different people in fact <laughs> you know uh, first of all the translations are archaic even when they wrote in uh, english you know uh, many of them wrote in an archaic style and they were extremely comfortable with their own uh, uh languages mm. you know they were uh, mm. bilingual and multilingual in fact most of them unlike most of us uh, content, you know modern day indians mm. so they were comfortable in their mother tongue mm. and they were eloquent and uh, it is unfortunate that you know savarkar has written eight volumes mm. uh i mean this these include his speeches as well of course mm. in marathi but you know still eight volumes of his writings on a variety of subjects from politics to social reform to hindutva to hindu muslim relations to gandhian policies there's an entire book on gandhi mm. you know gandhi gondhar you know which is the gandhi and the gandhian confusion mm. you know which is a bitter bitter uh, which is a very strong fierce uh, and some would say bitter critic of uh, critique of gandhi mm. Mm. and his policies mm. so it is important to read all of this in the original to know the person otherwise how can you throw light on somebody's life mm. you know uh, you know and 
I will give you a, a very interesting example uh, about what happens when you read the person in the original. Uh, for instance, uh, one of the avowedly liberal uh, news magazines uh, in India some years ago uh, published a piece by uh, again by an avowedly liberal secular journalist uh, talking about how Savarkar wrote several multi uh, mercy petitions. To the British, and he never revealed the fact that he had written these uh, petitions, and he tried to, ha- you know, keep the fact hidden all through his life. And the journalist actually claimed that he had, he himself, the journalist, had revealed this fact, and this was a tremendous discovery he had made. If you read Savarkar's writings uh, in his books, he writes about these mercy mercy petitions at length. Yeah. In some, in, in a great amount of detail, mm. uh, and he explains why he wrote those mercy petitions. What were the circumstances? So, what are these? What what kind of claims are these people making? You know, why don't they uh, at least uh, read Savarkar? You know, before before no, you make I, these I, I fantastic think, claims. So, yeah. I don't yeah. think the intention amongst a lot of people is to read Savarkar or to understand Savarkar, because God forbid yeah. they actually find some of his writings that they agree. With or some of his writings, they find a proper appropriate context for it. So now, what they are doing is they are creating a context where they are putting the cart before the horse, right? They are not. They, they yeah, might yeah, show yeah. the mercy petitions, but they might not show what happened to him ten years in Andaman. And people forget. Yeah. And a thing that I'm glad you uh, mentioned in Andaman that it was him and his yeah. brother in Andaman. It was the Savarkar brothers yes, in Andaman. Absolutely. Yeah. And he yeah, went yeah, and, and yeah, he yeah. went to London again before that. From there, I think he was transferred right. to uh, Rangoon, right? If I'm not mistaken, uh, or not? So he was he was brought back to India. Yeah, ha, he was so brought back. He was India. brought back to India from London. He, uh, yeah, a lot yeah, of uh, people, yeah, including yeah. Kama and others, cautioned him against. Uh, yeah. These are, by the way, these are all facts that are written in Webhouse book. <laughs> I yeah. uh, I cannot <laughs> quote exact <laughs> quote page numbers and stuff. I'm quoting this all from memory when I read it last week. So. But yeah. this is what I read, and uh, so that was interesting. That he took a risk and went back to London, and then he comes yeah, back to yeah, Andaman yeah. with his brother. So can you expand a little bit on both of them? Uh, yeah, see, there is a lot of speculation on why he went back to London. Uh, there may have been multiple reasons for that. Uh, but as uh, you know, and I won't give away uh, too much. Uh, you know, there's a lot of suspense there as well. Huh. But it is true, uh, like you said, Adit, that many people warned him against going back. Uh, Shamji Krishna Varma warned him. Madam Kama warned him. Uh, uh, Virendra Chattopadhyay, the brother of Sarojini Naidu, who, who about whom also I have written in the book, warned him, and still he went back, and he, you know he fe- he walked into a trap actually, because you know the moment he landed uh, at that. Uh, uh, Victoria Station mm-hmm. in London. He was uh, arrested, you know. Mm-hmm. And the cops were waiting for him, mm-hmm. and then he is brought back to India, you know. And uh, on the way, he 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 you know he he tries to escape at Marsdale, and then there's this farcical international trial, you know, trial mm-hmm. by uh, by uh, uh, an arbitral tribunal mm-hmm. uh, where you know uh, he is handed over to England, uh, though he has landed on uh, French soil and. Uh, uh, claims and wants, uh, demands rather, uh, political asylum, you know. Uh, and there is this big international debate over whether he should be granted asylum. And a debate in the British British media, in the French media, in the Indian press, 
uh, again, you know, all of which, all of which is forgotten in the haze of history because we've never been taught about any of these things, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is terrible, really. Mm-hmm. But you know, then he comes comes to the and Andamans, and the kind of torture he faces is really medieval, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. uh, because you know he for long stretches of time he uh, he ha- he's made to uh, uh, suffer uh, what is called. Uh, uh, as uh, you know, uh, 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 a stint in 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 in, in uh, jail in an isolated fashion. So there's nobody uh, in his uh, dark cell. You know, he he's alone. You know, for long stretches of time, for six months, one year, etc. Et he's so, made to do. Uh, hi. So, yeah. No, I'm going to pause you right there for that. What you were saying, yeah. and I think we're going to talk about okay. cellular about cellular jail in in part two in ten seconds, where we'll talk a little bit all about right, okay, that okay. and all that. But okay. but I want to before okay. we go into part two, I want to quote the first two paragraphs, a, a brief line. You know the the controversy yeah. around Savargar, where Vaibhav starts saying in December 2018, Prime Minister Narendra Modi visited the cellular jail of yeah. Andaman and Nicobar, where scores of Indian fighters yeah. were incarcerated. Where he said it was you. Know, yeah. indeed where he admired Vinayak Damodar Savarkar and he you know who spent a whole decade um, Modi did t- Modi took on a specific posture and you know he sat on the floor with his eyes shut in you know a, a prayerful meditative way in front of Savarkar at the same time Rahul Gandhi the scion of the dynasty uh, um, was uh, you know mounting a sharp attack on Savarkar labeling him as someone who wrote uh, letters of abject apology to a foreign ruler uh, ruler, right? So this is the kind of, uh, uh, and of course, what you know, a lot of people uh, uh, propagated this myth. So when this, you know, this was a very interesting scene that Vaibhav painted for me. So when we come back in the break, I want to start with Andaman and then talk about the final part of Savarkar's life and a part that has never been discussed on, uh, you know, in the media, Savarkar from 1950 to 1966. So stay tuned. We'll be back. Uh, About the, if you want to finish what you were saying about Andaman, because they faced a lot of, you know, uh, hardship in Andaman and not, uh, the Brits initially didn't even want everything to come out. True. Uh... Uh, Andamans was a completely isolated place uh, mm-hmm. at that time. It, uh, first of all, it's not on the Indian mainline, mainland. Mm-hmm. It's an island somewhere outside. Mm-hmm. And nobody in India had any idea of what was happening in the penal colony that the British had set up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, like I said, Savarkar was tortured in medieval ways uh, mm-hmm. there. Uh, he was given solitary confinement for long periods of time. Uh, he was given uh, what what the British called as standing fetters. Uh, now, standing fetters means that, you know, you hold your hands, uh, you extend your hands above your head mm. and, uh, you know, those hands are fettered and the fettered fetters are tethered to the wall. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, and uh, you have to stand like that uh, for uh, the entire day. And you cannot go to the bathroom. You can't use to the. You can't use the toilet. Mm. So uh, prisoners who were given such fetters, mm. they routinely soiled themselves. You know, uh, inside their cells because there's no option, uh, and they had to stand uh, in the middle of all that filth. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and Savarkar uh, went through that. Uh, 
the other thing uh, that he had to do was he had to work the oil press and uh, uh, barindra kumar ghosh the brother of arobindo ghosh who was savarkar's fellow prisoner in the uh, cellular jail uh, has written that you know if somebody had to so those who worked the oil press uh, you know um, obviously underwent Uh, much greater torture than uh, one great uh, a great uh, prophet did on the cross you know mm-hmm. he is referring to the to christ of course mm-hmm. uh, so you know and and uh, people would collapse so you know of exhaustion they would faint mm-hmm. savarkar once was about to faint and uh, you know but but there was no uh, there was no let up you know in the in the in the torture mm-hmm. uh, and uh, then he was also given something which is called crossbar fetters you know mm-hmm. uh, Uh, so you know where you have you know we have fet- bar fetters are where you have these uh, uh, metal uh, metal bars mm-hmm. a, a triangle uh, a triangular kind of thing on the ankles and uh, uh, up to the waist and but you know uh, uh, crossbar fetters are when you, when you have an iron bar in between mm-hmm. so that you 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 know you just can't move and you know your your back starts hurting mm-hmm. and you're kept like that for 8 to 10 hours at a stretch and the pain is often unbearable uh, you know and uh, you know can i ask you something so is, for me yeah, yeah, reading yeah. about that was so disturbing i cannot even imagine yeah, when yeah, you were yeah. researching about it what did you go through because yeah. of such i mean you have to read probably hundreds of pages to know the horror or the scale of what was unleashed on people absolutely one has to read hundreds of pages so mm-hmm. i had to read not only savarkar's accounts mm-hmm. of uh, mm-hmm. that time mm-hmm. i also had to read through the accounts of other prisoners mm-hmm. you know uh, you know to 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 uh, confirm that this was indeed that kind of uh, you know punishment i had to re- uh, look at uh, uh, records of uh, british inquiry commissions which were sent to the andamans later in the you know in the second decade of the 20th century mm-hmm. uh, you know which had details of all the all all uh, you know these um, uh, horrible kinds of torture this was like guantanamo bay you know we talk of guantanamo bay uh, today mm-hmm. but uh, uh, this was uh, no better and uh, Uh, and and obviously I, I would say much worse bit, i would say even much worse much than worse actually it oh. could be much worse mm-hmm. yeah yeah and and uh, you know the world at least found out about guantanamo bay indians had no idea about what was happening uh, in the andamans and actually that was one of the reasons why savarkar said that if we die here in this prison mm-hmm. you know we will be you know a dying a futile death mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. uh, see we can all have our own theories mm-hmm. uh, i know that the whole stint in the andamans broke him uh, or he it was a strategic move on his part to write mercy petitions uh, but he did write a series of multiple uh, you know a series of uh, mercy petitions asking for general amnesty for all political prisoners and also you know uh, saying uh, at at one point that if you don't release me it's okay but at least release the others you know uh, so you know, it is quite generous of him to have to have written that but obviously he wanted to be out because you know he he was very clear that to survive is to give oneself hope and he didn't want to die there in isolation and be you know and be of no use to his country he wanted to go back he wanted to do whatever little work he could do and that is what he said to the other prisoners as well you know to indubushan roy who you know who who uh, killed himself 
to uh, to others who killed themselves he 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 tried to persuade them you know when the torture got too much and they attempted suicide mm-hmm. now savarkar also contemplated suicide at one point but then he told himself no point in dying like this let's go out and do something mm-hmm. you know so he told hindu bhushan roy also that don't die like this let's go out you know and it was standard practice uh, at that time to write mercy petitions mm-hmm. you know to ask for uh, release uh, satyendranath bose did it in 1908 after khudiram bose and you know he and others had you know had carried out a series of revolutionary acts yeah after savarkar this was before savarkar 1908 after yeah. savarkar in the mid 1920s those involved in the kakori conspiracy case where a train carrying government uh, uh, chandrashekhar azad ram prasad bismil ashfaqullah khan uh, rajendranath exactly, yeah, yeah. all so, of so, so, yeah. exactly exactly so ram prasad bismil sachindranath sanyal in the later you know uh, agitations also they all wrote mercy petitions mm-hmm. but uh, you know savarkar is singled out unfairly you know for having written mercy petitions and unfortunately he is called a traitor now you know we we fortunately do not call satyendra do not call satyendranath bose or sachindranath uh, sanyal so uh, you traitors. actually give me a good you know, segue uh, one can No, no. You, you give yeah, me a good yeah. segue. I'm going to ask you this: Is it because he leaned towards Hinduism yeah. that those mercy mercy petitions are seen by another side? Because you had successive governments ruled by the Congress Party who was not really killed, well disposed towards Hinduism. So that is why he was he yeah. was painted as some sort of a traitor by certain sections of the media or something. Do you think that could have been the case? Uh, there is no other reason for his having been singled out the only reason is that he became the champion of hindutva or hindutva nationalism as uh, we call it now see we can all have our differences or agreements with savarkar on hindutva i myself personally have several disagreements with him on this topic because there are various definitions of hindu nationalism itself you know and his was a hardline definition of hindu nationalism no, but, but, where but he said just that just to he, add one point yeah. here vaibhav i i think also yeah. Yeah. we yeah. we yeah. didn't even clarify our own positions on this if uh, till no, no, when you know i say uh, what no ha, what no, no, i, I see your point no, no, i agree yeah. with you when no, i what say, say uh, huh. this uh-huh. what i mean is that you know Where, uh, Savarkar's political opponents can mm. have all kinds of differences with him, mm. or people who agree uh, to some extent and disagree to some extent with him can have all sorts of opinions. Mm. But that does not make him a traitor. If he is a champion of Hindu Tour, he does. He, that's not equal to being a traitor. Uh, not that's just that. Point, I think an observation of Savarkar also ex- is is sort of observing all facets of his life, and Hindutva was an important Absolutely. facet of your life, whether you disagree or agree with him. As was the London House Street. So each of them has to be observed, sort of honestly, you know, with objectivity and stuff. So I, it's it's interesting yes. that you brought up. So going forward from there, you know, then you had the the controversial discussion over you know his role in, or there was no role in the Gandhi assassination. as was proven but then you know there was the whole discussion around it and then ultimately what yeah. that led to and the reason i'm not delving that much into it is because a lot of it is known and a lot of interesting myths you actually debunk in what you are saying but then going forward mm-hmm. from 19 1949 after he was absolved that is the real story mm-hmm. for me because savarkar lived on till 1966 in fact he right. till indira was indira gandhi was the prime minister of india she you actually write a very yeah. interesting note on what indira gandhi had to say when uh, savarkar passed away yeah. in 1966 so yeah. describe yeah. that phase because 
uh, we are running out short of time in the last five minutes i want us to talk about that phase Okay, uh, that phase was the most difficult one, I I would say, for Savarkar because uh, even after India, he spent twenty seven years in jail hmm. uh, in British India, hmm. and uh, immediately after India became free, he spent one more jail in independent, uh, one more year in jail in independent India hmm. uh, for uh, you know for uh, after he was accused, hmm. uh, he was named as an accused in the Mahatma Gandhi assassination case, and uh, uh, though he was acquitted in the case. And there were strong arguments made or made on both sides. Uh, the the prosecution cited circumstantial evidence to suggest that he had actually you know plotted uh, the the killing with uh, Gorsi and others. And the defense uh, you know Savarkar himself defended his case. And uh, his lawyer Bopatkar said that uh, no, he had nothing to do with it. Of course, he knew Gorsi. Of course, he knew the others. But he had absolutely no idea about the assassination. What happened after his acquittal uh, is that he was completely politically shunned. by uh, everybody even by uh, some of his admirers i would say uh, the the hindu mahasabha which he he had been leading for many years uh, uh was completely politically marginalized and so was uh, savarkar uh, and uh, uh, you know and so, i think he so, himself uh, took a back seat as well in a lot of things He himself, you know, he see his health was completely broken after Andamans, mm-hmm. and it is remarkable, in fact, that you know he lived such a long life. You know, it is a testimony to his uh, inner strength as well that you know he lived such a uh, such a long life. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, he he was he lived uh, again, uh, you know, in in a great deal of isolation, shunned by uh, uh, many people whom. Uh, who considered him to be their uh, hero at one point in time, just because you know that the power of uh, of that Gandhi assassination was uh, was on him, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, very interestingly, he was he became so much of a persona non grata mm-hmm. for the new Indian government, the first government of free India, mm-hmm. uh, that. Uh, Uh, Ridhanath Mangeshkar, uh, uh, when he was very young, mm-hmm. Lata Mangeshkar's brother, he mm-hmm. composed, uh, uh, you know, uh, a song, you know, for, which was one of uh, Savarkar's poems, mm-hmm. Sadara Pranatarmala, for All India Radio, and he was asked by his boss why he had chosen Savarkar's poem, and he said he is a brilliant uh, poet, and this is a brilliant poem. So, mm-hmm. and he was thrown out of the job. Redenath Mangeshkar immediately. Mm-hmm. So Savarkar was uh, politically an untouchable uh, for the Free India Government, uh, first led by Nehru, second uh, you know, and then. Uh, but but uh, Indira seems to have not had uh, uh, anything against uh, Savarkar. Though I think Nehru's uh, uh, idea about Savarkar was much coloured by for his shift towards uh, Hindutva and uh, uh, later his alleged uh, role in the. Uh, Gandhi assassination, but Adit, can I make another point here? I think you have made a very important point when you spoke about the ideological transformation of Savarkar, uh, and it is it is it is it is necessary for us to see uh, both phases of Savarkar, the the, the pre Hindu to a phase, the Hindu to a phase, and the post Hindu to a phase. In fact, in a sense, you know, the three, uh, uh, you know, all the phases. Because unless you see Savarkar as a whole. You do not really understand him uh, completely at all, and you know this is my book uh, has an examination of all these phases, and is a single volume biography that gives you a, you know tells you about that critical turning point in his life, and also about 
the various phases he went through because you know as individuals we have we live day to day you know and our experiences change us and that is what happened to all these freedom uh, movement luminaries whether it was savarkar whether it was gandhi whether it was bose it happened to all of all of them and it is necessary for us to understand these personalities in the right context hmm. so so what 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 context would you put that in like as in do you do you think we uh, do you think a need there is a need to look at it from a uh, not just an ideological perspective but also from a detailed you know close uh, detailed uh, uh, examining and stuff like that what, like what would you say uh, i w- i would say that the ideological perspective is also very important hmm. uh, the so uh, the personal and the political they are both important and my book has 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 it both because you know uh, the transformations that savarkar goes through in his life are both political and personal at the same time because he suffers a lot of torture at the hands of uh, certain uh, uh, warders and prison officials uh, who who are pathans and you know muslims from sindh and other areas and that Uh, that along with uh, gandhi's uh, support for the khilafat movement which is uh, undoubtedly a pan islamist uh, kind of global movement mm-hmm. uh, drives him further in the direction of hindutva and that shift is very critical to understand his his uh, hindutva uh, uh, phase also that shift is very critical i think mm-hmm. that and that 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 essentially is uh, is is it uh, um, is is the whole uh, thing um, so interesting perspectives vevav and i'm glad you uh, you 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 know you clarified uh, this and said it uh, i i we're we're very short of time i know there is so much more to talk about savarkar uh whether one agrees disagrees with him there is a lot more examination needed there is a lot more reexamination needed i think vaibhav's book is a starting point for a much much detailed analysis of savarkar's uh, uh you know legacy uh, uh, uh years in politics and so forth but we've made a good start <laughs> in in discussing all aspects so thank you so much vaibhav for joining us on mind podcast this week I really appreciate Thanks, you taking Lord, time it was great talking to you yeah absolutely and you guys will be back next week with more so please stay tuned